0: Rugby Matrix America is brought to you by the USA Sevens International Rugby Tournament, held February 10, 11, and 12 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sixteen of the best and most exciting national sevens rugby teams converge on Sam Boyd Stadium in the USA, stop on the HSBC Sevens World Series circuit. Come cheer on the USA and all the thrilling action. For more information on tickets, go to USA7s.com and by Rugby Imports. Go to RugbyImports.com for your personal rugby kit or to supply your entire team. RugbyImports.com This is Rugger Matrix America. Welcome everybody to show number 68. This is Alex Goff from RugbyMag.com back from New Zealand and back in the, the cool embrace of the United States, and happy to be here, and happy to be back on the show with uh, Bruce and Patton, and, and hey Bruce, how's it going?
1: It's rainy here in New York City, very similar to what it is in New Zealand, but very nice, and that's good. Welcome back.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, and Pat, did you miss me?
2: Yeah, of course, we all did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're back, and, and before we get into the show, I just I just want to uh, um, say first of all that that my trip to New Zealand was was really enjoyable, and I wanted to thank um, a, a number of people who were who were just really nice to me, and and, and uh there people from uh, Tourism New Zealand and Venture Taranaki uh, were were really great, and and even the people who were working in the the media li- liaison offices. At uh, at Stadium Taranaki, were just outstanding. Uh, saw uh, uh, a lot of the country, and and uh, you know the, they have the the slogan in New Zealand is the Stadium of Four Million. They know that they're a small country. They got criticized perhaps for being a bit too small for for a, a world championship like this. But so they decided to throw everything they have into it and uh the the town's the smallest town you can drive through has flags of all the countries all over the place uh there were in in New Plymouth there were United States flags everywhere and and the the fans were welcomed the players were welcomed and um on that level it's just that they really showcased their their country uh beautifully and it is a beautiful country and uh, i got to see quite a bit of it and i was really happy um but we also have some rugby games going on, and we 're uh, sitting down and talking about this right after the United States has played Australia and uh, Australia won sixty seven to five and pretty much near the end of it, uh, as happens with a lot of these games once the wallabies touched the ball they were they were going to score um, but uh, Bruce, I wanted to get in with you about uh, statistics and, and 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 some of the analysis of the game, but my first my impression. What we wanted to see was the the USA play hard, and I think they did that, and I think that first 10 or 15 minutes, they really, they really raced into that game, and they tried to hit as hard as they could, and they tried to put everything into at least playing with a lot of passion, and because most of the fans, there, 33,000 plus fans, an awful lot of the fans were either... Uh, American, or they were not Australian. There were a lot of fans cheering for the USA, and I think the the Eagles got the fans on their side simply by playing hard. Uh, but you know, that's not all of it. They still lost sixty-seven to five.
1: Yeah, I mean, I the Eagles definitely played hard. They threw everything they had into it. They, you know, they wasn't. I don't think that anything is due to uh, lack of effort. I will say that, uh, you know, and, and and I've criticized this. show after show, the preparation and lead-up to the World Cup has been nothing short of a disaster because we didn't play our top team and, and, and give them opportunity to play together. So the two worst offensive performances from a yardage standpoint were by the United States. They gained 119 yards in this game and 119 meters and most of them were on that break by says And then, but they had 55% territory, 55% possession. And it almost seems like the, the offensive plan is to slow the game down to a complete and utter crawl and try to try to, try to stop the other team from scoring by, by not doing anything with the ball. I, I don't, I, there's no rhythm. There's no nothing. And it's not like they don't have the players, and it's just that they haven't played together and and there's nothing there. And then against Ireland, they had 158 meters. Fifty of them were Paul Emmerich's inter- interception 81 minutes into the game. And again, it's it's a lateral attack that it, it really hasn't hasn't produced anything offensively. Now and the reason that is is because offense takes Offense takes a little bit of time to get right because there's a ball involved. There's multiple skills involved with rucking and ball placement, um, with passing and timing and those things. Whereas in defense, you don't have the ball involved, and, and, and really the one skill is tackling and, and communicating. So there's, <clears throat> you're able to get your defense to be correct. And, and even with a decent defense, you know the, the U.S. causes knock-ons, and they didn't bring a tight head prop, so they can't scrummage worth a damn. And and they they can't do anything with the ball now. Today they won the ball because they fed it. And I, I actually JJ did it right at the at the base of the scrum. Where, you know he was used to going backwards as Nick Johnson was. Uh, has has been excellent at the base of a of a backward moving scrum. But uh, selection preparation and it, it's just it it the way that the way the selections were handled leading up. You know the the fruit of our attack has come home. It is. There's nothing. There's no imagination. There's nothing, and I can only blame one man. That's the head coach, and that's it. You know, Bruce, we've been no, no. Him.
0: We, we've been talking about this team for uh, all year, and talked talk to Eddie O'Sullivan several times about it, and say, well, what, well, what about you know, you, you can pick something and say, why why did we watch a game where you box kicked? Half the time, and he said, "Well, we wanted to be sure that we had that in our repertoire. We know we can do that now. We know we can get out of our end, but that wasn't it. The, the box kick is is a from the beginning tactic that they use, which led to." Um, Australia's first try I believe was oh maybe second try was was a box kick to nowhere um you you're you're using it I, I realize that there were times earlier in the year they were using it regardless of what the the opposition was because they wanted to test it okay they say that but then you're box kicking down the throats of the Australian backs when uh, you you're just giving them possession and it's just, it's just things like that just sort of make you shake your head um and 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 the the so you look at other teams, you watch them you know whether whether they're on the break or they've got possession in the twenty two and and it's slow ball, either way, they've got options, they come up with stuff uh the u s a and, and and i want I, I don't want to harp on it too much. I think the players are executing as best they can. I think the players are working extremely hard, and I don't think. The pattern that they they follow there is there really is no pattern and this is this is Murray Mekstead, right the, the the former All Black one of the greatest number eights of all time and runs the Iran's Academy, saying right at the end of the game there is no real plan. It's not me saying it, right? If you if you want to go to somebody who's who's actually played at a high level, go to Murray mexted Murray mexted has watched a lot of international rugby games. No real plan.
1: Well, at the end of the day, Alex. When, when you take a look at it, the players absolutely in the Ireland game and in the Russia game through USA Rugby, a complete lifeline. These guys have performed. Their lead up has been I, I, what I, I still it still to this day baffles me why we didn't play Japan full metal jacket, why we didn't play these teams full metal jacket. And when I say full metal jacket, I'm not saying not playing injured players. I'm saying put the best team that you feel out there, out there, and play the game. You know, the Rugby World Cup, I understand that we're trying to win a game against Italy and that we can qualify for the World Cup, and there's a short turnaround and all that. Bottom line is, the IRB has put in, let's say over the past four years, close to $4 million, if not $4 million or more. So we have four games in their marquee event, and we choose to tank one of them. Based on the selections, not not to say that the result would have been much different or a whole lot different if if the other guys had played. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that it's very similar to going to an NFL game when a team makes the playoffs and they tank a game. And in the NFL, when you buy two preseason games, seven regular season games and in a tanked game, you basically 30 percent of your of of your tickets have been tanked. And, And now, you know, now now the United States chose to tank. A, a game for thirty five thousand fans. Well, let, uh, denied the opportunity to their starting players to play in that game. Yep. And I understand that we're trying to beat Italy, and I understand that there's a lot more at stake with this. And I and and hey, if it comes home to roost, and one of the guys on game line said, "Hey, if that happens, then everybody will forget this." And I agree. But this was not a memorable performance like South Africa was in oh seven because of the of the tremendous Ngunya try, but. There was there was there was nothing memorable about the game. you says made a really nice break and Gagliano scored a try on a, on a scrum going backward, caught him by surprise. It Was a really nice play, but other than that, we didn't look like anything, and we had fifty five percent of the possession, a hundred and nineteen meters. Well, okay, fifty five percent of the possession, and also how much time in the twenty two? We came away with nothing.
0: Yeah, ridiculous. But but the the percentage of uh, possession is partly because uh, when when Australia touched the ball, it took them. 19 seconds to score a try and, and it took the United States 19 seconds to pick the ball up and go three meters so you know of course they're going to have the possession numbers uh, Pat let me bring you in on this and uh um, first of all I want to I want to ask you a question which is you know had had they run out the same team that had played Russia or the same lineup that had played Ireland which is a slightly different lineup um would the score have been any different
2: yeah, I mean, I, there's no doubt in my mind. Score would be different. I mean, you look at it. the Eagles, in you know, we seem to be doing a lot of booing right now. But they were competitive for the first thirty minutes of the game. Um, I'm not a math whiz, so I can't come up with a percentage because we're throwing a lot of a lot of percentages around. But uh, that's somewhat near fifty. Uh, so it, in that, a lot of that's emotion, and a lot of that's whatever. But. They played some good rugby, and they did it for 30 minutes, and they were in the game. And then there at the end of the first half, the floodgates opened, and they realized they were playing Australia and that there was no way they were going to be able to keep up, and all the other mental factors came into it. But for 30 minutes, they played really well. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that this midfield was terribly weak to what they could have put out. Um, You know, we haven't seen Junior Sifa in a long time. Not that he played poorly, but he certainly didn't do anything to wow you. Um, Tayanosa didn't do anything to wow you. Um, and we, I think it's fair to say we all know we have better centers than that. I think it's fair to say we all know that James Patterson and Taku Nguyenya are night and day better than what we had on the wing today. Um, yeah, they definitely could have had a better score. Would, uh, Australia eventually run away with it in the end? Yes, they would have. But could it have been more like the Ireland score or could it have been 30 to 10 instead of 65 to, or 67 to 5? It could have been, but at the end of the day, what does that matter? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, for one, not complaining about the selection, um, because I I agree with the, let's get, we, the U.S. has never won two World Cup games in the same World Cup. Let's go ahead and do that. Let's try to do that. I'm not saying we can or we will. I disagree with the selections for Ireland. I didn't disagree with the selection for Australia, um, because I think that the, you, know, you have to target that Italy game as a winnable game, go out, win it, try to qualify for the next World Cup. And guess what? Next time if you're in the next World Cup and you're already qualified and that means we're not having to play this tight-laced game um, or the coach doesn't think we're having to play this tight-laced game leading up to the World Cup, we can actually go out there and try and score some tries, beat some people, and get a better draw. So our goal next time around isn't just to beat one team and maybe two. It's how can we get into the quarterfinals. Because this time around, we had to play such a tight-laced game leading up to it, or at least that's what ADOS all Sullivan thought. That is part of the reason why we resulted in the schedule we have—a a tough draw. The only one team that you really think is all that winnable. The
0: uh, the, the the draw in the, in the turnaround in four days is is tough on them. And and I, I wanted to uh, on this thing about whether we should have picked these guys or that guys. You know, um, I I, do, I actually don't think it the the score in the end would have been significantly different um you talk about the South Africa game Bruce which I, I believe was something in the order of 64 to 17 um you know, it wasn't all that different that South Africa game four years ago I just you know I, I want to give listeners an idea of what I'm thinking and, and when we talk about the the approach or the tactics or 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 why it is that that the selection's based on this 30 players, aren't going to make that much difference. It's because of the way they're playing. And and let me let me put out a, a couple of things. Early on in the game, USA wins a line out, and they send a flat pass out to Junior Sifa, uh, who catches it on the run and breaks through the gain line, gets them started going forward. Later in the game, uh, there is a, a, a break. I think it was Usaz ran a break. Quick ball out of that break a pass out to Malifa who put an inside pass into another player. And I think it may have been Sifa again, but, but an inside pass to another player and that player broke through the line. Um, that attack ended with a knock on. And then another time in the game, I saw a switch move. Now the reason I bring those up is because those are the only times I see, saw those things. They all produced something. They all broke the gain line. They all got the team going forward. And then we never saw them again. And we talk about. You mentioned Kevin Swearing on the wing, Colin Hawley on the wing, Blaine Scully at fullback, Tyanosa at outside centre. First of all, Tyanosa is not on a, on a rugby team because of his defence. He's on there because he is an electric runner. We never saw him light that spark. We never saw any of the wings really run with with any kind of uh, space at all. Uh, we have uh, talked to Blaine Scully about getting into the line and being in, t- in attack. When he's in the line, he's trying to fill in for some defensive players out of position. Those guys don't get any space. So when we're talking about this slow game, it's, it's about the fact that if you want to say that the outside backs had a bad game, go ahead. But the, the fact is they never got the ball because the way the USA plays, they don't change direction. They don't mix it up in terms of how to play. They don't run from depth. Um, because they're not—they're told not to.
2: Right. No, I get and, that. You know,
0: and yeah, I mean, it's just, and and it's just enormously frustrating. That's that wasn't going to change no matter who you put on there.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not going to say that. The, I, I, first of all, I didn't say the outside backs had a bad game because I, no, did not I did. know Um, but I will say that you know. Paul Emmerich would come up and probably force a couple more knock-ons, um, potentially the same thing. you know. And Gwenya came up and played some pretty surprising, surprisingly good defense against Ireland. So I think that they would have made a difference in the long run. But like you said, what's what's really in it losing by 40 instead of 60? To me, there's nothing in that. Um, but, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with your, you know, the attack, um, or your analysis, your assessment of the attack um, that we've put together. It's basically let's try to lose by as, as little as we can. And he's going to go back, and Eddie O'Sullivan is going to be like, hey, we did have 55% of territory. We did have 55% of possession, and he's going to look at it as a small victory. And, you know, frankly, especially in a game like this, when you should have just said, guys, go out there, play rugby, have fun, do your best to win the game, um, and pointed out the areas where you thought that maybe you could um, beat them on attack, run at Quade Cooper, you know. Whatever the areas are, you thought you could have done well. They didn't really. I, I'm I'm willing to bet that those things weren't highlighted and and given to the guys. And the guys were given a, a chance to go out there and just play. Um, to me, I for the lack of a better word, it's testicular fortitude. It's something that they don't have. Not not the players, but that Eddie doesn't have in terms of he would rather lose and compete for 30 minutes then say, give up four tries in the first 30 minutes But play some really great rugby and link up some really great passes and really try and win a game. He didn't try to win Ireland. That game was not tried to be won, and we all know that. We've talked about that. Um, he also – I mean, he barely tried to win Russia. He just tried to not lose Russia. So it's not like he's, he's letting – he doesn't it. trust his players, and he's, he doesn't believe that they're as good as that. we all know that they can be. And to me, that is the ultimate – that's the essence of why – Eddie O'Sullivan as the head coach of USA is is not working out.
0: Here, uh, another thing for the listeners might be uh, interesting to you. I hope uh, maybe um, media centers at these games are a little bit different from the the media setup for most international games that the USA plays, in. Uh, it's a it's a big room. There are four or five big screen TVs set up that are usually showing the other games that are going on. And and you come in, and you you get yourself started, and, and you know, of course, sco- scope out the free food, all that stuff. But, well, you know, you're, you're there for a couple of hours before the game starts, and you, you you might be watching another game. I remember, you know, we were all gathered around watching Scotland against Romania. We're all pretty much cheering for R- Romania, or at least pretty excited that uh, Romania was really pushing the Scots. Now we hadn't seen the whole game. Basically, everybody there saw maybe the last 15 minutes, but everybody there had an opinion. They all had an opinion about how well Romania was playing and and everybody was happy about that. And as the story started to build about um the lesser teams losing close games, and he's talking to the press, they start saying the IRB's got to be happy. The IRB's got to be happy because they've invested money in in these these Tier 2 countries, and they're coming in and they're, they've got competitive games. And more than that, forget about competitive games, competitive scores. So you go back to the USA-Ireland game. It ended 2010. It doesn't matter whether the 2010, the 10 points were scored in the first three minutes of the game or the last second of the game. It doesn't matter because everybody looks at it and says, it ended 2010. Wow, that was pretty close. Good for the USA. They must be happy with that. That 22. is what... it twenty. Twenty-two ten. Sorry, yeah. and um, but it 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 didn't. It doesn't matter anything above that. So that that world opinion is basically and and Bruce, you're absolutely right. Nobody re- will remember the sixty-seven-five with Australia because in a way it's what's expected, and they know that the USA selected down, and they just sort of say, okay, don't worry about that. But what they see is, oh, they won a game. And they don't know the history about that, and, and the expectations, and we feel that perhaps they, we feel that they should have won that game. You know, I think it should have been twenty-six-six. Uh, they won a game against Russia, and they were close to to Ireland. So hey, they're doing well,
2: they and that's what it's all about. Bonus, they should that's have gone, gone out for a bonus point. A well, bonus sure. point against Russia. They should have gone out. They should have gone out for four tries, get the bonus point, hope that now this is a, pretending that the Ireland Australia game doesn't in the way it does, and that Australia wins like they're supposed to, and you hope that there's a three-way tie at the end of the day because you've gone out and got a miraculous win against Italy, and you forced a three-way tie, and you're trying to get in the quarterfinals. That's what you hoped that they would do, but that was never in the mind of Eddie O'Sullivan because there's no way the Yankees could beat the mighty Irish, so let's just go out there and keep them from putting up a big number. To me, that and that's been the case with Australia, that was, let's get this Russia win. It doesn't buy how much. Let's just win, but let's, God forbid... Let's not go for those four tries because we might drop the ball and they may take it the other way.
0: Yep, but then, then, then why are we selecting Taku and Gwennie at all? Right. Why 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 are we select Why do we have Tyanosa on this group of thirty when we we do nothing uh, in our game plan to to feed into what his talents are?
2: Um, no, I I think we all agree here. So, but even if it's even if it's
1: part of the game plan. They've never been given the opportunity to get into a rhythm to do it. You know, Tako could have played in Japan and didn't. <clears throat> you know, they, it's, when, when you don't select your team, you could practice together a bit, but it, it's not the same as playing in a game. And, and possibly they've been, you know, really working with that team, that, that quote-unquote first team, and training them on the side to prepare for Italy for the past um, you know, nine nine or ten days. And and if they haven't, and, and they focused all their energies on Australia and focused on this team, the longest preparation time that they had in the World Cup, they basically used for their B team. And and now that and, and if they haven't really used the team that they're gonna play Italy with much to train and and train to beat Italy, then they're essentially have a four-day turnaround except they're rested and hopefully that the offense doesn't particularly sputter I mean um we'll see I mean Georgia Georgia put up 17 points on Italy I mean uh, sorry Russia put up 17 points on Italy and it just seems that that some of the other teams I think that we have the ability to to attack a lot better than we do and I think that I think that the players are hamstrung I think they're defending well, and I, I actually think that I thought Junior Seifu played all right today. I thought Nesse Malifa played all right today. I thought Tim says played all right today. <clears throat> you know, I, I I thought that that people um put their hand up and 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 made some plays. I thought that the lineout operated reasonably well when they used their foreman and when they went quick when they when they did a little bit of a disco dance and had that fancy little play in the uh, down in the Australian end later in the game
2: and oh, that was bad. threw the
1: through the ball as if it was to Australia. I, I just it was horrible. Was, yeah, I think that. And 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 then the other thing is we gained 119 meters of offense. You know, now was on now was playing flanker, and and Redeki Samu was playing on the wing. It was almost like you know when a team travels short to. To a to a game and and in the B game they may have smashed the team in the A game and in the B game all right put this guy on the wing put this guy at flanker and you know you don't really care what position he plays and that's what they did to us. That's essentially what they did to us, and we still put up 119 yards of offense. And it was the worst offensive performance in the World Cup to date. And and had it's just baffling to me, absolutely baffling. And I'm not blaming the players. At all, because I think that the players have done nothing but do USA Rugby proud, and I think that, that this – they have been – they've, been stifled, by, I, you they've mentioned, been stifled by a lack of – they have no rhythm because they haven't done anything together.
2: You mentioned that line out, and I think that that's just another example of – because if you look at the line out in Ireland, it looked pretty similar to what you saw here. You got to have 16 dummies before you throw the ball. Why? Well, because we don't believe we're good enough to go up and win in the line-out. A line-out's not a scrum. We should be able to beat anybody in the world and be competitive in the line-out, period. John Van Der a great jumper. Hayden Smith's a damn good jumper. You should be able to go up and win your own ball against anybody without having to do 14 pirouettes before you do it. And to me, that is another sign of somebody making a decision, and I'm going to assume it was a coach, and I'm going to assume it was a head coach having a hand in it, uh, that we're not good enough, so we've got to somehow fool them out of Uh, and fool them into winning a line out
1: I I would think that that was that was just something it might have been something that they had in that the guys called I I'm not gonna I I think you do need options in in the line I thought that for the most part I think the line out operated a lot better than we would have expected it to and and I and I also think that we should be able to scrummage with anybody in the world I mean we should have taken a tight head and we didn't um and 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 I but I think that we should be able to scrummage with anybody in the world. I mean Romania scrummaged quite well. Georgia has scrummaged quite well. Canada has has performed exceptionally well and they and and they don't have a, a good scrum or a good lineout. And but they've performed exceptionally well and played some very entertaining rugby. And the United States has played very gutsy rugby and played good defense. But Canada played together, has a rhythm, knows how to play. Even had some disappointing performances in the lead up to the World Cup against the United States, and and um, but they they kind of pulled it together because they continually play with their team and and kind of believe in in the team and believe in themselves and don't make a whole lot of excuses. They have people who go back to work, and 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 I would and I would say that uh, you know. I wish that we had we had approached it that way. I, you know, I, I don't I don't think that everything was done in the best interest of the players. I think that everything was done in the best interests of the coach having a built in excuse as to why results came out the way they did. And now, thank God, those players gave them a win and gave them a magnanimous performance on defense against Ireland.
0: <laughs> that you know the what we're just to clarify see because i think we're all in agreement here you know playing hard defense playing a full 80 minutes all that stuff that that's that's totally on how hard the players work building up to this how hard they work on their own as well as in in training and and as you said bruce the players have provided usa rugby a lifeline the players showed up and they did everything they could to make sure that the you know they competed and and the fans want to see that so the fans are going to be happy in some way it is not you know it's not even forget about champagne rugby you know it's not ginger ale rugby at all but the players have done everything they can to put the usa in the best position they can Um, their game plan is not satisfactory um, but defensively they look really good um overall and you, know, you uh, how many of the tries they gave up against Australia were were from uh turnovers or turnovers running into uh penalties i don't know um players who played well you mentioned a few of them junior sifa uh, you know he's a good player he he's he's a small inside center but he's a, he's he gets through the gain line he can play some defense um uh, Blaine Scully I thought had had a pr- pretty decent time and and you know uh, I'll just talk about him in in a little bit um Nessy Malifa I thought had one of his better games at at fly half he's he, you know his his confidence had been so undercut and he you know he'd been injured as well and and I think the the rest did him good and I and I was happy to see him play the guy in the forwards that really stood out to me um was Scott Lavala and and a couple of things, you know, yeah, he he was in, he was in support on Usaz on that break. And, you know, it was more the fact that there were a couple of moments where there was something going on on the wing. There was the kick to the wing that, um, where the Eagles were looking to try and score try. The first forward there was Lavala, a lock. And there was also a, a defensive situation that, they were trying to make it. They gave up a try in the in the corner, off a scrum, and the first forward there from a scrum was the lock Lavala. and I and I saw him arrive at places and do things much more often than I saw a lot of the forwards. And I'm not running down the forwards. I'm just saying he stood out for me on that. Um, one thing that I thought I, I thought was hard done by for the USA was the yellow card on Blaine Scully. Um, he, he was yellow-carded for a deliberate knock-on. Um, it was a pass that went right by his face, and it looked to me like he just threw up his left hand to try to catch it and, and knocked it forward. And, and you know, here, here's a situation, and I realize that there's more than one situation here, but it's 60-5 to 5 at this point. What gain does the game have to give a player a yellow card on a knock-on? And I've seen a lot of uh, tier one nations where that kind of thing comes up and they don't give, they don't even give the penalty for a deliberate knock on. They just say it was a knock on. But here he makes an uh, assumption that in that split second, some, some player from an, an American player that referee Nigel Owen's never seen before has going to in, that, in that, you know, one quarter of a second is going to make a decision that he's going to knock it on deliberately it just didn't make any sense to me that um, that he would have done that on purpose, and and I think it's unfair, and I think that speaks to one of the issues that runs into uh, the way that the USA is refereed in these kinds of games is rubbing salt in the wound. It's 60-5, to five, and then you yellow card somebody.
2: I mean, I don't have any strong feelings either way on this. I do think that... I I think that that the reason that is a yellow card nowadays is because they want to speed the game up. So if you're on defense and you're coming up and you're not going to intercept the ball and score a try, um don't make the rugby uglier by slapping it down. Then call
0: it for everybody. But they don't. Call it, call it for every call it for everybody. I've watched and,
2: every yeah, I've watched yeah. every game in the World Cup this year and seen that happen. But I mean, I've seen that call a dozen times in you know, in the professional game. Um, you know, I've seen that very call made, but you're right. It's I think it's a flawed rule, and how the hell is it going to ref going to really assess whether it was a deliberate knock on at that point in the game? The only time I think you can really do that is when somebody's reaching over, slapping at the scrum half as he's trying to make an out.
0: Right. I mean, the, the, there, there you can see he's doing something, but I, I just I'm just so frustrated with this the these misplaced priorities. That's a yellow card. Somebody hasn't done it. Anything like that, and that's a yellow card. And then you look at something like uh, USA versus Ireland when Tim Moose has ran in and saved a try by grabbing the, uh, a grubber kick that was going into in goal, and he grabs it, and, and he gets a stiff arm straight across the head, and there's no call. There's, no, there's, n- there's nothing called there. So dangerous play is just sort of you, you turn a blind eye to. The guy got hit in the head there's no, there's no, there's no penalty. There's certainly no card. You knock the ball on, you throw your hand up, and you get yellow carded for it. It just seems like misplaced priorities.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the game against Russia, Louis Stanvick was, granted, it was in, it was in the rock, and so it was pretty hard to see. Louis Stanfield was just slapped in the face like five or six times, um, and nobody saw it. But USA on that kick, uh, Malifa's kick down to Colin Holly, I am shocked that we did not get a penalty, that Holly did not get a penalty for holding on. Because there was an awful lot of time between... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no, you're right.
2: ...getting there in support. So I think that they are somewhat fortunate, and that is the only reason they ever scored a try. And that was a great play by Holly. you're talking about guys who did well. But I think that there were there, and there were a couple other times where Eagles could have been called for holding on, and perhaps a different referee would have pinged them for it, and they didn't.
1: Okay. And looking at the players who did well know, I, I mean, I forgot. You know, I always kill Pittman, but you got you got to give him credit. He made five tackles, missed none, didn't get penalized. Louis Stanfield, the man, the myth, the legend. Loved the guy. Played for a few minutes, made five tackles, had a stolen line out, and and, and two carries. And and I thought that that was that was relatively that was a relatively impressive performance. And as much as as people are, uh, you know, is, is, Anaki Basari um he he really while while he turned the ball over a couple of times, he did make eleven tackles and and Pat he had four line out wins and eleven tackles i uh, sorry seven tackles and 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 eight carries and so i thought that I thought that you know some of the guys really stood up and 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 whether or not they they were able to do it for eighty minutes or whether or not they all stood up together i I think that they were under quite a bit of pressure but there were some performances out there that that weren't that weren't particularly bad, and as I said, I just I I still have a big issue with the way the rhythm thing is because everybody always says, "Oh, you need games, you need games, <clears throat> you got to get ready, you need games, you need games," and then we have an opportunity to give our guys games, and and we don't.
0: No, we don't. the The games and the training together, but it, it all has to be for a purpose, and and I think you made a great point. Bruce, about the you know the, the fact that when we had the opportunity to put something together and, and bond it together it w- we were still looking at players and th- and that leads partly to um one of the criticisms that can go toward the idea of having um an overseas coach and and Eddie O'Sullivan is much more familiar with the American game than m- almost any overseas coach, but it's also about being familiar with the players now if you know the players a little bit more. It's a lot easier to wade through that entire list of, you know, your depth chart and get yourself together so you can have. Um uh, so, so you can make your selections. You don't have to be making your selections when the USA plays. You make your selections in some other situation, either on the training ground or in some trial match or something like that, or playing for the USA Selects when we, we have this uh, this uh, America's Rugby Championship we're supposed to be having. Um, whether that survives or not, we don't know. But um, it's real. We, we've seen it now with several coaches in a row that coaches show up in the United States and say, well, I know I picked this guy and I picked that guy, but I've got to see him. And and the frustrating thing to see the United States run out and have and be told, well, we don't even know if this is the best guy. We don't even know if this is the fourth best guy at this position. We just need to see him play. That's very frustrating for the fans. Now, World Cup, I think we've got we've got close to our thirty. And I, I know there's arguability on some of those, but we've got close to our thirty, and the fans behind them, and I think that's great. Um,
2: let's see more Glendale uh, games. Let's see. I'm not saying that there's a million clubs yeah. in America can do that, but let's get the, the, the Super League All Stars who aren't in the top thirty playing against uh, you know these guys. Everybody knows mostly Timoteo is a great player. He could probably give Mike Petri some problems at scrum half. Let's let's see some more of these domestic games. A, they're cheap. And B, it gives you even it doubles your selection, your ability to see everybody.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know that I would go go that way, but I, I would definitely trial matches. You know, every coach is different. Everybody does things their own way. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna criticize the, the, the process of it, or you know, some guys like to play a lot, some guys like to drill a lot, some guys like to hit, some guys don't. You know that that. Is that's that's really up to the coach and what they think is best for the team at that moment. I, I think the biggest problem for me was that they, they actually did have opportunities to play and didn't take advantage of them, especially when they were playing quality opposition like Scotland Day, like England Saxons, and and teams where we could have found out who are we. What do we need to get ourselves together in going into the World Cup, and how can we fix it? Instead, we chose to make the, well, it's a development, and you got to give everybody a game, and you got to give everybody a look, and you throw them to the dogs. And then the guys who are your top team don't really know what they can do against top teams. And, you know, I mean, hey, and going to the World Cup and getting an opportunity to play Australia, basically – our our guys who have worked hard to earn that number one jersey got a chance to play in front of thirty three thousand fans in New Zealand, in Wellington, in the World Cup, and were ripped, and it got ripped away.
2: For what? Well, part of that's got to come down on the shoulders of the IRB. I don't listen. This is the first World Cup I've really gotten to pay attention to because I'm relatively young following in the uh, you know in following rugby, but. Uh, the scheduling thing is just an. How can you justify? I understand how they justify it. Well, we need to get the maximum pro- broadcast dollars so we can give that out to these developing countries. But it's not a competition. It's really not because the IRB has forced people's hands in selections. Uh, you know, and I think that Samoa certainly got job because they can beat Wales, and then they've proven that they could. They could have done it, and who knows that with a few extra days, perhaps they could have. I think it's ridiculous. The scheduling format I don't know that it's always like this But if it is it's something that Seriously needs to be addressed
0: well I Wrote something about this earlier and and It all stemmed from 1999 where What they did was they played every game on a Friday Saturday and Sunday so They had uh, the rest of the week There were no games and and in a in a tournament where they really didn't have a lot of marketing momentum to start with, the momentum kept getting sucked out of the the tournament. They realized that they needed games almost every day, so they staggered them. But you can stagger them and still have uh, people uh, give people a reasonable uh, rest. And the 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 I looked at it. And it wasn't that hard for me to come up with, with a schedule that would get everybody games with five days' rest in between, uh, except they, uh, some of them would get a buy, you know, you'd get a buy, so you'd have one rest where it might be nine days. But right now, th- there is a huge dichotomy between the tier 1 nations and the tier 2 nations in terms of who gets short rests and who gets long rests and the, and the tier 2 nations get a lot more quick turnarounds than the tier 1 nations and of course the tier 2 nations are least positioned to 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 handle it
1: you know what in the 99 world cup the problem was they had five pools of four and then they had an, a they had a, like an, yep. an off playoff they had they had a, a secondary tier of playoffs the 99 World Cup was a disaster for many reasons. The way this is done, while it is unfair, is the only way they can do it. It's the no, only it's way. I, Alex, I understand what oh. you're saying. Alex, I understand what you're saying. The bottom line is no one wants to see Namibia against, you know, Russia or whoever on a Saturday. They don't want to see it. That's well, not. And I, I don't care. It's not. The how hard is it game. to
0: avoid that? How hard is it to avoid that? It's Alex, not hard at all.
1: You know what? France tanked the game against New Zealand, which is, you know, relatively shocking with, with their selection. I, hey, look, I don't know what they're going to do. They have to do something. Um, you know, obviously, that you, we don't want them to make it a 16-team tournament, uh, which is what it had been prior to 99. So I think that what they're doing is that they're trying their best, and 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 it's not ideal it it isn't ideal for the tier 2 nations but you know it's like it's like when boxing you got to knock the champ out knock the champ out and, and you get a little love
2: all right so we've got a Boxing is the most ridiculous sport on the planet. <laughs> so let's
1: not go there. All right. So I'll go. We'll, we'll talk about, you know, and, and, and when you say you got to knock the champ out in, in boxing, that was back in the 40s and 50s and 30s and, and 20s when when there were two sports that people played, baseball and boxing. Any good athlete played those. Everybody else was, you know, was not at the level of those guys.
2: Can we say the Eagles went in for a Victor Ortiz hug? right after halftime with Australia and then they, they cheap shot at him with a, with a hook. Is that, can we make, draw that comparison? I don't even know what
1: the hell you're talking about. Nobody saw the Mayweather Ortiz fight. Oh, come
2: on. All right. That one filled it.
0: Well, um, there's a, not to, not to my, uh, uh, late father, Howard Goff, who was a, a pretty good boxer in his day. Um, and, and loved the fights, uh, always loved the fights, but, uh, um, we do have a, another champ to knock out. I guess uh uh USA's got to take on Italy in 4 days and uh uh here's the big question. Can they beat them? If they if they win this game, they they get an automatic bid back to the 2015 World Cup and it would be uh quite easily the best World Cup they ever had. Uh can they do it, Bruce?
1: I mean, there there is a possibility that there. they're the lineout operates all right, and their restart when they kick it is pretty good, and they're. But you don't want to be kicking your restarts all that often. You want to be catching them, and 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 then I, I, I mean I don't think they can beat them, but I there's definitely I, I I wouldn't say that they're gonna beat them, but there's definitely the possibility that they can. I mean we have talented players. Yeah, I, you know, so I, I think that, I think that there's a chance we can, I think we can win one in ten, one in 10 or two in 10, but I don't think we would win much more often than that. But you know what, if you can win one in 10 or two in 10, you can win. And if you can win, you just got to go out and do it and hope that that's your day. And, and they, they're certainly rested. They there can't be any excuses at this point. And I don't think the players are going to make any. And, and I think that, uh, Hey, put up, this is going to be brilliant. It's brilliant. It's a, this is perfect. They're playing for something on the last game of the World Cup. They're playing for a chance to qualify. And that's fantastic.
2: Pat, can they win? They can. Um I I don't think they will. Um but they certainly can, you know, they go out there and they play that fierce defense. I think that plays to the strength of what, you know, Italy's strength is right up the gut, right up the middle of the pack. Um I think our pack can tackle anybody's pack in the world. So if they can play strong there, get a couple of breaks to go their way, um, limit the mistakes, and uh, hopefully we see Zian Gwenya and James Patterson and Chris Wiles touch the ball a little more frequently. Um, they can they can get a win. It's not outside the realm of possibility. Hey, they they could have got a win against Ireland. I think if they would have uh, they would have gone for it. Um, so sure.
0: I think they've got a 25% chance, so not that much higher than, than the 2 out of 10 you were saying, Bruce. Uh, they do have a shot on this. And and I agree with you absolutely, Pat, that, that if they go into that first 10, 15 minutes the way they went in hitting hard on Australia, the idea is you, you create some turnovers. Maybe they, they – Pick those up and they start moving the ball and they start uh, and they score a try off that. They don't get too conservative. They, they do some offloads and they, and they get something going on that. And I'd be really excited to see that. Now, remember, first of all, pe- people have to remember if, if, if you don't follow Italy, if you don't follow Italian rugby, the first thing is that they're not like the soccer team. They're not like the soccer team really at all. Uh, their forward pack is usually extremely good. They scrum very well. They play good, tight game. They're perhaps a little bit too conservative. But as they showed against Russia, their backs can play. They do have athletes. They certainly can kick. Their kicking skills are there. So, so in in that sense, it's really, it, it, in a way, it's kind of like playing Argentina. This is still a Tier 1 nation, whether, whether they... Uh, Finish last or second to last in the Six Nations. It doesn't matter. They're still in there. They still win games. They still win games in the Six Nations, and they're a very good team. USA played them uh, seven years ago and lost 43-25 uh, to 25 in a game that was, if I remember rightly, something along the lines of 30-3. to three. Or 30 to five at halftime. It was it was really it was Italy's game all the way, and then the USA figured out what needed to be done, and scored some tries in the second half, and and did a little bit better. This 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 game, they of course they can't afford to uh, do that. They've got to really tighten it down. And then the, the other thing, and you mentioned this, Pat, the turnovers on the USA side, we saw a few of those against Australia where something good was going forward. So they were they were getting an attack going, and then somebody lost the ball in contact. They just can't afford to do that at all, not even one time. And they can't afford to have a line out on the opposing five-meter lines and screw it up. They just can't do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, if Swearen doesn't knock that ball on, and somehow they work a try into it. It's a ten ten ball game, if not a twelve ten ball game. Thirty minutes into the game, I mean that would have been miraculous. And then you could have said maybe maybe Eddie O'Sullivan's looking around like, should we sub in Chris Wiles? Should we sub in Mate Machiola? I don't think he would have, but I mean that's a possibility. So yeah, if you the longer you're in the game, the better. And uh and the more shocked it's gonna make the other team and the more mistake prone they're gonna be. So yeah, I think they get, they definitely have a chance against uh against the Italians. Now let's see him go out here and play some rugby though. Let's see him you got nothing to lose. If you lose by thirty to Italy, it doesn't change the outlook of your World Cup. You already beat Russia, you already played that game against Ireland. Everybody knows you can play a little bit of rugby. Your reputation does not change if you lose by ten to Italy or if you lose by twenty-five. Go out here, play like you got nothing to lose. Because
0: that's exactly what you got. Nothing to lose. Okay, so let, let's have a look at this this lineup. So the lineup against uh, Russia was, was this, and I'll just run through it real quick. Uh, McDonald, Biller, Mokiola, Vandergeesen, Smith, Stanfill, Clever, Johnson, that's your front row, I mean, your, your pack, and then your backs, Petri, Suniula, Patterson on left wing, uh, Andrew Suniula, Paul Emmerich, uh, Taku Nguenya, and Chris Wiles. Bruce, any changes to that? Should should we bring in anybody who played well against Australia to change that lineup?
1: Um I mean the the only real choice that you have I mean is who you're gonna play in the second row. Then and then, you know, and and possibly you change Sun Yule out of the midfield and you could you could you could put um you could also put Wiles in the midfield and put Scully at fullback. You know, I mean, I'm not at practice, so it's hard to really tell who's operating best together. But the only real difference is, are is you playing Van de and Lavala and Smith? I mean, any one of those are the same. Are, are you dropping? Are you going to drop Andrew Suniula? And 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 the other thing is, would is could you drop uh, Roland Suniula? I, I I don't know what they're going to do. I, I would imagine that they're not going to drop anyone there because otherwise they they probably would have played them in this game I think that they they played Hayden Smith because they they did and and I don't know that they had other second rows and and I think that and and I believe he's Australian and yeah he, he was,
0: was born was, in Australia and, so.
1: and and that might have been another one of the reasons and uh yeah I mean in all reality I'm not gonna I really I really don't um I really I really don't um, I don't know and I don't really know that it matters. even on those selections. You know, I I possibly would I possibly would gamble with Wiles in the midfield and Scully at fullback. That would that probably be what I do. And then Lavala has a little bit better work rate than Smith, at least based on this game. Um and but Smith is a line out presence that I think is, is probably necessary to have. I don't know who's a better scrummager. I know it again. I don't know.
0: Pat, I don't suppose you've got any uh, comments about what you'd like to see in the midfield.
2: (laughs) Right. I actually, I feel like I I don't really, I mean, I'm not going to say I owe an apology to him, uh, but Andrew Sweeney, he deserves a pat on the back. I think he played well um, against uh, Russia. I really do. That's the best game I've seen him play in an Eagle jersey since I've been paying attention. Um, At the same time, I don't think that (laughs) it changes my mind that, Emmerich is a better inside center than him. And more importantly than that, it doesn't change my mind that Blaine Scully is just better to have on the field than him. Um, and Chris Wiles touching the ball more is a better thing. So I would make the change that Bruce uh, you know, alluded to. I would put Scully at fullback, Emmerich at inside, um, Chris Wiles at outside. And uh, I'm sure that Taku Nguenya and uh, James Patterson would probably like to see something along those lines too so they could get the ball a bit more because – Emmerich tends to be a bit of a hog, um, and and that's good, but uh, having a hog at, at 13 maybe is a bit of a tease. Uh, and then the LaValla, LaValla, Hayden. I think Van starting, period. Van in my estimation, him or Mike, Mike McDonald had the best World Cup out of any Eagles. Those two have played phenomenally. Van Giesen, there's no way he doesn't start. Um, and uh, I think it's between Hayden Smith and Scott LaValla, and I think because Hayden played in this game, I've got a hunch that it will be um, – uh, it'll be Scott because that'll be four in a row for Aiden if it's, if it's not. And Scott's played really well, and I, I, he played really well in this Australia game. And I think he stood out as the most talented, um, most gifted, best eagle that was on the field. And, uh, I think that I can't remember if it was Murray said or somebody else that said it, uh, the other announcer that said it, but talked about how they'd like to see him at seven. And I think he does have a bit of Todd Clever in him, and I think he would make a great seven down the road if you have a strong, uh, Second row but anyways yeah those are the only two changes I could see being made and maybe Malifa for Sunniula because um, I don't think Roland had uh, has had the best uh, you know game against Russia but uh, you know that's that's I, I don't think he gained much either way on that one
0: well I th- I think uh Lovalla surprised me actually with his pace so people talking about him playing 7 um that wasn't a discussion that was being made a couple of years ago. Um I I actually disagree I think that uh Hayden Smith is going to start and the reason I think that is because uh they pulled him out after 60 minutes and they left in Lavala for the full 80s. so they um maybe they rest him up for it. Well we'll see they'll, they'll probably rotate the two of those and I and I agree Vandergeeson uh you know there's a there's a self-made rugby player guys. Completely just showed up, started playing rugby at University of Idaho, thought it might be fun, decided he wanted to try and play at a little higher level, went all over the world to do it, and and really nobody paid much attention to him until he came back in the United States in about 2007. And even then, he's made himself into a completely different player, from a tall, skinny guy who was pretty good in the line-out and could get around the park to somebody who is who is a force. Okay, well, I think that does it for us, and uh, we are wrapping up the World Cup for the United States, and they are one and two going into the last game against Italy, and uh, that will be on Universal Sports. It'll also be on universalsports.com, and of course, you can check on rugbymag.com for all the news and the breaking reports from that, and of course... On everything else rugby in the United States. Don't forget, the USA Sevens is being played in February. 2012 in Las Vegas is going to be a three day tournament and it's going to be great. And uh, the Las Vegas Invitational is the tournament that you can play in leading up to that. Check out USA7s.com and also check out rugbyimports.com if you need uh, a pair of cleats, if you need new rugby ball, if you need new jerseys for your team, if you need new training equipment, rugbyimports.com. And guys, great to be back and uh, thanks to Bruce McLean.
1: Yes have a lovely weekend everybody. <laughs> and thanks to Pat
2: Clifton. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh I had uh, I had a lot of fun and I'll have a lot of fun watching the rest of this thing. France uh, France New Zealand 3:30 a.m. back to back 3:30 a.m. games. I think I have to make it up to watch that
0: I think you have to now. You're you're now into the that uh, that time system. You know, your body clock just wants you to get up at three three a.m. to go watch rugby games. And thank you all for listening. This has been Rugga America.